Excited to be in the house of the Lord today. Yes. One more time. You excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Yes. That's better. All right. Thank you. Before we get started, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together with brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to look into your word, Father, to apply it to our lives. Father, so as we leave these doors and we go out into our work and our communities, Father, that we can share the word of God and bring Christ to the people outside of the church. Fathers, we look how to build each other up in love. Father, just help us to apply those principles. We thank you for your son, Jesus. For it's in his name we pray and we ask these things. Amen. There was a little boy. Him and his dad were having a conversation about God. They were just going along just like crazy. And all of a sudden, the little boy says, I know what the Bible stands for. And his dad says, okay, what's the Bible stand for? Little boy, perky, with a big old smile, says, basic instructions before leaving earth. (laughs) You know, he wasn't wrong, was he? Basically, I mean, he was absolutely right. So, the body of Christ. Here we sit today. The body of Christ is a common, yet sometimes a complex term that's used in the Christian faith. Some may may initially think we're talking about the physical body of Christ and in his human form on earth. But the term, the body of Christ, actually refers to the members of his church, us. And that's been throughout history. Who or what is the body of Christ? The body of Christ is a church. Basically, the body of Christ of the church is made up of all of those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, been immersed by Christian baptism to walk in the newness of life. The body of Christ, like all bodies, is compromised of many parts. There's limbs, there's organs, and various members that, when left alone, are useless. But when assembled, they make up the entire body. You can find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12-14, describes it like this. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized with one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we're all given one spirit to drink. Now the body is made up of one part, but of many. This means each Christian is an equal part of the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 28, it also says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healings, those able to help others. Every Christian possesses a gift and is called to use it in service within the body to help build up the body of Jesus Christ. And when you build it up, it's also to strengthen the body and to carry out its purpose within the world we live in. This morning, I'd just like to take a look briefly at a few scriptures. We may not look at each and every one. But first, I'd like to look into Ephesians 
as we look and to see how the body builds itself up in love. You see, the body of Christ will build itself up, up, build itself up in love, excuse me, when each and every part does its work. When each one of us do the work that God has set forth for us to do. Each part is important. As we've heard Lloyd say, we have a job assignment. Each part has an assignment. No matter what your part is, big or small, whatever your talent is, you can use it to help build up the body of Jesus Christ. Praying is a talent. Maybe that's your talent. Maybe that's all you can do is pray. That's using your part of the body of Christ. Maybe you can sing. Maybe you can preach. Maybe you can teach. Maybe it's calling on the sick. The body does its part as each one of us build together. One part can't do it by itself. We can't do it alone. So we've got to have each other to build up the body of Jesus Christ. And we find this in Ephesians 4 and verse 16. From the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work. The body of Christ will also build itself up in love and strength when we have equal concern one for another. Over in 1 Corinthians, it talks about this. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 25. So then there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So here we see we must be caring for one another. No questions about it. We have to care one for another. It's commanded for us to do that. We must relate to each other's problems. Some have more, some have less, but we all have problems and issues that we need help with. We must help each other with our burden. If we help each other with our burden, that builds up the body of Jesus Christ. If we build up the body of Jesus Christ and we're able to be effective when we leave this room and we go out these doors to prevent, prevent, present Jesus on a daily basis in our jobs, in our homes, to our neighbors, to whoever we do that. But it's essential, too, that we carry each other's burdens so that we are equipped to go out. If we don't carry each other's burdens, we're probably not going to be very effective for Jesus as we're out in the world. Or we're probably not going to be very effective as a body if we don't care for one each other and we don't carry each other's burdens within the body. In Galatians 5.13, it says the body of Jesus Christ will build itself up in love when we serve one another. Let's take a look at that. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Serving one another. How do we serve one another? We're going to serve one another today. We're going to eat together. That's kind of serving one another. Everybody brought food. We serve one another when there's an issue or there's a problem when we pray for somebody. Or we come together as a body and we pray for somebody because there's a need and a concern within the body of Jesus Christ that needs to be taken care of. And the issues that we have within our body, we need to take care of those immediately. 
We need to be able to meet those needs. We need to be able to come to each other and say, hey, help. That's what Jesus did. Jesus helped. Everybody he came in contact with, he was a help. So we must serve one another. Not necessarily if it's just a problem. We had served day here at the church. You guys did right when we first started coming. You served the entire community and, and you took on to the community to help the community do things. That was an example that was serving one another as well within the body of Jesus Christ because you were all blessed by doing that. And whatever example you did outside of these church walls probably stuck with somebody someplace in there. The body of Christ will build itself up when we bear with one another in love. This will be in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. When we bear with one another in love, what does that mean? It means we're to be gentle. We're to be sensitive. We're to be kind. Some of the fruits of the Spirit here, huh? Is listed. Basically, we are to be humble, not to be proud. We're to be patient, tolerant. We don't want to get angry. We don't want to get upset. We must love unconditionally. Jesus loved unconditionally, didn't he? Every person he was in contact with, regardless of the situation, he loved unconditionally. The only time I can think Jesus got angry when they were using the temple for money changers and he threw the tables over, I agree with that. To me, that was a righteous type anger. Not just being angry because you want to be angry. He was angry because of what they were doing to his house. The body of Jesus Christ will build us up in love when we submit one to one another out of reverence for Christ. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. What does that mean, out of reverence for Christ? Out of reverence one for another. That's a deep respect, a deep honor that we have for one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. A deep reverence for God even means having fear of God. Reverence for each other is deep, deep respect. I've seen that example in this body. Everything we're talking about today, I, I, I've seen here. I've seen the love. I've seen the caring. I've seen the bearing of burdens with each other. I've seen the building up of each other, the encouragement. That's what the body of Christ looks like. You guys are a model of the body of Christ. The outreach that, that we do as a body here and the caring and the attitudes that we have, the reverence you have for each other, the reverence you have for Christ, and what you feel for the outside world that they need Christ. A deep, deep respect for each other. The 
body of Christ will build each other up, will build itself up in love when we forgive one another. Whoa. Is that hard to do sometimes? Yeah. Is it sometimes you just want to say, I ain't forgiving you. You did that to me. I'll get back at you somehow. I'll figure out a way. I just won't talk to you at church. I won't talk to you on Wednesday night. Or I won't help you out. I won't do that. We're probably all guilty of that. We're probably all guilty of that. But Jesus said, and the scripture says, we have to forgive one another. Forgiveness is not easy. Just because you forgive somebody too doesn't mean you have to forget what happened. But Jesus commands us to forgive. That's a tough one. At least for me. I don't know about you. Somebody does something wrong, your first instinct is, hmm. But if we don't forgive each other within the body of Christ, the body of Christ is not going to function. The body of Christ is not going to build itself up. The body of Christ is not going to reach out to the communities. It's kind of like the body of Christ could be null and void if we don't do that one. Forgiveness. Look at Jesus. He forgave us. Died on the cross of Calvary. Thorns on his brow, the nails in his hands and in his feet. We put him there, but he forgave us. So how much more important is it for us to give each other within the church? Regardless of whatever happens, it doesn't even matter if somebody doesn't go here anymore. If they've done something wrong to us or we've done something wrong to them, we still got to forgive. You don't have to forget it, but you got to forgive. If we don't forgive, our lives will be miserable. Jesus was the greatest forgiver of all. If he forgave our sins and the things that we do, we need to forgive others to build ourselves up in Christ. The body of Christ will also build itself up in love when we encourage one another and we are building each other up. How do we encourage people? Discourage and courage. We must encourage. Sometimes just encouragement is just saying, hey, how was your week? Can I pray for you? Do you need anything? We don't know unless we ask. And I'd be safe to say probably that some of us in this room today probably need to be built up and need to be encouraged by our brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, encouragement brings happiness in Christ. It's real easy to get discouraged when we go to our jobs on a daily basis. It's real easy to get discouraged when we go out and we look in the world and see what's going on. Because there's not too many people in the world who a lot of times give you the type of encouragement that we get with our brothers and sisters in Christ. and They'll do some encouragement. How was your day? Okay, that's okay. And I'm not saying that they don't care because they do care sometimes. But the body of Christ is special. The body of Christ is special when we build each other up. The Bible says we're to encourage each other as we see the day approaching for worship. So on Wednesday night, as we know we're approaching, we need to build each other up. We need to continually, okay, looking forward to you. What's going on? Can I help you? Is there anything I can pray for you about before Sunday? Is there anything I can do for you before Sunday? Encouragement. Encouragement. Jesus was a great encourager. 
The body of Christ will build itself up in love when we are honest with one another. It goes back to kind of serving. Is it hard to be honest with one another in the church? The body of Christ, sometimes it probably is for us. Sometimes we're afraid what that person is going to think. Is that person going to condemn me? If I'm honest with them about my struggles and what I went through. Within the body of Christ, no, that's not going to happen. Or at least it shouldn't happen. The body of Christ is a place you can come for refuge. It's a place you can be honest. It's a place you can be built up. And if we're doing all these things, we're making the body of Jesus Christ, the local body that we're a part of right here. We're making ourselves stronger to be able to go out, to be able to walk out these doors and to share Jesus in the world. We always hear in the world, honesty is the best policy. Well, honesty is the best policy with Jesus. Honesty is the best policy with each other within the body. Because we love one another. We're going to build one another up. doesn't matter if we're overtaken in a sin. Part of the job of the church for us to do is to restore one another to the faith. To pray for one another. To encourage one another. To do the things that we need to be doing within the body. But not only within the body. That prepares us when we go outside those doors. Because outside those doors is where the work begins. That's where the work begins. That's where we need to show all of this stuff, too, is outside to the world. To say, hey, we love you. We care for you. Can we encourage you today? Can we build you up today? The body of Christ will build itself in love when we offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. First Peter. Chapter 4. In verse 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. goes on to say in verse 10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. There again, going back to point number one, each part has a part to do. We offer hospitality one to another. That's how we get to know one another. Hospitality can take on a lot of different avenues. We have hospitality night that we do here. We get to know each other better through that. We can offer hospitality to somebody in another church. We get to know them even. In a sister church. See, the body's not just with us right here. We have other sisters and church, sister churches in town who believe the same way as we do, who are worshiping this morning, that we probably know some of the people there. Maybe they need encouragement. Maybe they need built up. Maybe they need a phone call. We need to build each other up in love. Don't grumble if we need to offer hospitality. God offered hospitality to everybody he came in contact with. He looked, and if there's a need, he met that need. The body of Jesus Christ will also build us up in love when we teach and we counsel one another with all wisdom. Over in Colossians, Chapter 3 and verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. As we teach and as we counsel one another, 
Sometimes that means being really honest with somebody and saying, hey, you messed up. Or sometimes that might mean warning somebody that they're doing something contrary to what the word of Jesus Christ has to say is how we, wear, how we live our lives on a daily basis. We might need to urge them to get out of that sin. But when we're doing this, when we're counseling them in love, it makes all the difference in the world than just saying, hey, I don't care what you did. That's wrong. Get out of here. That's happened before. That's happened in churches before. Get out of here. We don't care about that sin. You're out of here. I'm sure Jesus shakes his head and says, hmm, not good. You without sin cast the first stone, I'm sure he's saying. So we need to be careful, but we still need to teach and admonish one another and build each other up in love in all issues. The body of Christ will build itself up in love. Going back to the other when we're honest, when we confess our sins to each other, and when we pray for each other. Honesty and confession. The great confession we did, we all said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, my personal Lord and Savior. But we also need to tell each other, hey, I messed up. Can you help me? I need your help. I did this. I can't handle it on my own. If we confess our sins to each other and we pray for each other, that allows us to carry on for God's cause. All these things we've talked about allows us to carry on for God's cause. Now let's briefly look at the body of Christ and some personal application of what he says to us. We need to ask ourselves as part of the local church, part of this body, what can we do to enhance the body of Christ? The body, as we said, is a holy entity and is to be respected and treated with complete care and honor. Again, the Bible gave us principles for building up the body of Christ. There's four or five here. You're called to promote truth and unity. You can find that in Ephesians 4.25. It says, therefore, each one of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we're all members of one body. We're called to serve. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11 outlines the importance of using your God-given spiritual gift, as we talked about in point one. Your gift is unique and equally important in the body of Christ. It is essential to the body of Christ that each one of us use our gift for building up the body of Christ. We are called to share Jesus. We must share Jesus. Romans 1, chapter 16 says, we can probably all quote it, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. As part of the body of Christ, you are to share your life-changing story with others, not just with inside the walls, outside of the walls. 
we are called to worship. It's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. From Psalms 92, verses 1 through 2. And again, everything summed up with all of these 12 points here is you and I are called to love each other. 1 John 4.11 says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. This morning, are each of us contributing members of the body of Christ? I think we are. Are we effectively serving God and sharing him with others? I believe we are. Are we contributing to the peace and the unity within the body? I believe we are, especially within this body. We worship regularly. But just think about these points this week as we go out the doors. What are we able to do? Who can we encourage this week? Who can we build up? Do we need to confess our sins to one another? What do we need to do to build the body of Jesus Christ up for ourselves and for the entire body? As I close, I am going to use a poem I didn't think I was going to use, The Touch of the Master's Hand. But that's what all these points are. It's the touch of the Master's Hand when he loves us and builds us up. This is an auctioneer's. He had his fiddle. He says, was battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to waste money on this old violin. But he held it up with a smile. What am I bidding, good folks, he cried. Who will start the bidding for me? A dollar, a dollar, then two. Only two, two dollars, and who will make a three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three. But no, from the room far back, a gray-haired man came forward. He picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin, and he was tightening the loose strings, he played a melody pure and sweet as caroling angels sing. The music ceased, and the auctioneer with a voice that was quite low said, what am I bid for the old violin? And he held up with the bow, a thousand dollars. Who'll make it two, two thousand? Who'll make it three, three thousand once, three thousand twice? And going and gone, said he. The people cheered, but some of them cried. We do not quite understand what change is worth. Swift came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. As many a man with life out of tune and battered and scarred with sin, is auctioned cheap to the thoughtless crowd, much like the old violin. A mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He is going once and going twice. He is going and almost gone. But the master comes and the foolish crowd never can quite understand the worth of a soul and the change that's wrought by the touch of the master's hand. This morning we're going to sing a closing song. I don't know what your situation is. That's between you and God, but the body's here for you if you need us. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never been buried with him in Christian baptism to walk in a newest life and know the joys of the body of Jesus Christ. 
that invitation is open to you today. We're going to sing the family of God. to look into your scriptures, to apply it to our word, to, our, to, our, to ourselves, Father. And as we continue with this service, Father, as we eat a meal together, Father, you bless this time of fellowship. Father, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who gave us this day and gave us life eternal. It's his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Tim. Just real quick, please. Uh, I turn. Not